How do we anchor our soul into our body and onto this earth to become the living future now with the wisdom and insights needed to negotiate and inform these changing times? Welcome to Pioneers of the New Earth. I'm your host, Sarah McCroskey. Welcome everyone. Today on our broadcast, we're calling it Interpretation, the Seat of Personal Power. And my guest is Fred Burks, Executive Director of the Peers Network of Websites, going strong for nearly two decades. Fred and the Peers Network, which stands for Public Education and Empowerment Research Service, provide thorough research and well-resourced documentation on, docu- excuse me, on topics ranging from major cover-ups to the finest examples of human potential, community, and courage. We'll hear much more from Fred and about his work, but let's first drop in and get here fully and connect. So if you just take a moment and close your eyes, and allow yourself to drop into your beautiful body. And we're going to use a tool I typically use, which is Jim Self's Rose Grounding Tool. So if you just imagine in front of you a big red rose, take some breaths. And give this rose the command to collect up your energy from wherever you may have left it. It could be in a previous conversation, could be in a project, could be out sitting on your deck, wherever you may have left your energy. Ask this rose to collect up your energy And then bring that rose again right in front of you and have it burst into a million pieces, bringing all of your energy back to you. And just breathe that clear, beautiful energy of yours right back into your chest. Good. And then imagine another rose, whatever color you prefer. And again, place it right out in front of you. And ask this rose to collect any energies from your field, from your body, that belong to someone else. Any energies that are not yours, just let them flow right out into this rose. Good. And again, giving the rose a command to just break into a zillion pieces. Send this energy back to whomever it belongs to. Totally neutral. Loving intent. Back to whomever it belongs to. And just take a couple of breaths and allow yourself to be present. In your own clear space. Good. And then just drop a line of energy down through the floorboards and through 
layers of earth and connecting down into the iron core crystal at the center of this beautiful planet. And with your awareness, just allow yourself to make a nice snug connection there. Noticing how the earth recognizes you. And then gently draw that energy with your awareness back up through the magma and sand and the rock, water table. Gently back toward your body. Gently in through the bottoms of your feet and up through your legs. A beautiful earth energy filling your torso and your chest and your back, your neck and your arms and your hands, filling your head. And then just imagine a sprout of energy coming out the top of your head and allow with your awareness this energy to move out past the treetops past the cloud cover and into the atmosphere, out through dark space, and allow it to connect with a source of light. It could be the sun, it could be star, it could be your place of origin in the universe. And allow yourself to make a connection with that source of light. Again, noticing that you are recognized. All right. And then making a nice snug connection, allow that energy to come back down towards your body, through space down through the cloud cover, past the treetops, down in through the ceiling of wherever you may be, and allow that beautiful energy to gently come back into your head, filling your head and your neck and your arms, your hands and your belly and your body your legs, and coming to rest in your heart, this beautiful iridescent light energy. And just allow it to join with the earth energy mingling in your heart center. Wonderful. And then just imagine all of us all the people who might be listening right now or sometime in the future, just imagine all of us in a big circle and just allow yourself to join in a heart resonance with all the other beings here. Just to potentiate the space and have it be exactly what serves each and every one of us. All right. And then inviting in our unseen friends guides, 
all of 100% light and love. All the beings who support us from everywhere. Wonderful. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Welcome again, everyone. Before resigning from the U.S. State Department in 2004, due to excessive secrecy demands, Fred Burke served over 17 years as a language interpreter for presidents and other dignitaries. He interpreted for George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Dick Cheney, and many other top officials of the U.S. and other countries. Having participated in numerous secret meetings where the only people allowed were the principals and their interpreters, he has acquired important inside information and contacts. After receiving a wealth of eye-opening information on major cover-ups from respected friends and colleagues, Fred was inspired to develop the Peers website in October 2002, providing fact-filled, fully-sourced articles and concise summaries. Continually opening to divine guidance, Fred was de- has dedicated himself to both to getting the word out about cover-ups and to inspiring others to help transform ourselves and our world through love and empowerment. In addition to being the executive director of the Peers Network of Websites, Fred has also helped develop and foster several inspiring communities and websites, including Moment of Love and the Free Personal Growth Courses. Welcome to you, Fred. Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here, and welcome to all of our listeners. Yes, welcome to everyone. So, Fred, just to get us started, can you tell me what inspired you to move from being a State Department interpreter to becoming a dedicated public educator with more of a research and journalistic bent? Like, how did your personal journey and guidance inform this change in your work? Well, um, it might be good just to start first with how I got into interpreting very briefly because I've always been on a spiritual path since I was very young. And uh, I honestly didn't know what I was supposed to be doing in the world, and I was open. And, uh, you know, basically the the, the universe guided me. um, And, you know, strange circumstances, I ended up going off to Indonesia on an exchange program. And it was awesome, and while I was there, I picked up the language. And then when I came back, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and a friend told me about this great job with the State Department, and so I took it, and that's what got me into interpreting. So it wasn't I was always wanted to be an interpreter or even be involved in government in any way. This was just I was kind of magically guided there by spirit. And uh, then, I, you know, but the interesting thing is that... Um, I really didn't know about sort of um, some of the deep skullduggery going on on our planet, even though I had been sitting in these high-level meetings. And it wasn't until I had... I started interpreting in 1986, and then 2001 was the first time I learned about some really crazy things going on on our planet, and it kind of blew my mind. 
And that's when I really shifted and started focusing. I said, all right, I don't see much very good stuff back then, 2001, on the Internet. There wasn't a lot of good stuff about all this, so I decided to put together some websites, and that's how I got started. Wow. Yeah. And I really love um, kind of our exchange that we had before um, doing this broadcast, Brad, where you had said um, that you would like to... um, you know, the main po- the point that you'd like to focus on during this interview is the unlimited power within each of us to create our experience of life through how we interpret what happens to us or with us or for us. And that really inspired me to, to create the, the um, name of this broadcast, Interpretation, the Seed of Personal Power. Can you talk a little it, bit yeah. about that? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, um, as I say, I've always been on a deep spiritual path, and that is the most important thing to me. And what I've known ever since I was a kid is that we all come from the same source, you know, call it God, call it the divine, my own sort of more exact terms, all that is, the collective of all that is. We all, all come from that same place, and we all have that spark of divine within us. And if we can open to that place within where we are divine and where we're all connected, that takes us back to that source where there is unlimited potential. And so, yes, we all have clouds, you know, blocking that beautiful, bright, divine spirit inside of us. But what I know, and I'm sure you know too, is as we clear those clouds, then we can tap more and more into that beautiful potential and do some amazing things in our life. Yes. Yes, and it really does seem like it, 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 it the place where we can intervene or we intervene for ourselves is in our perspective and is in the interpretation that we generate uh, about whatever circumstances um, we may find ourselves in or, or whatever's happening in the world. Um, the, that the power of our interpretation uh, really, for me, um, is something I've always got to keep my eye on um, mm-hmm. because it's the, for me it's the difference between whether I feel like the the universe is working on my behalf or whether I feel like holy Lord you know is this thing just going into a big dive you know and yep. I really am the, the arbiter of, of of which 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 way that feels to me. Um, mm-hmm. By the the beliefs I hold, by examining old limiting beliefs, and really, um, you know, when I when I do go into a deep dive, noticing, you know, what is that belief that's driving this, so mm-hmm. that I can clarify, get clear, and and release that belief and create something that really is absolutely. Mankind. Yeah, what what I yeah. find is that, you know, you can't really control what happens to you in life. Sometimes crazy stuff just happens. I mean, the whole virus, nobody thought this was going to happen, and boom, here we are. And it can be very challenging, but what I know, as you're just mentioning, is that how we choose to look at everything, how we choose to interpret whatever happens, that is what creates our experience of life. And for me, I love whenever something really challenging happens, it's like, okay, this is my teacher. And anything challenging uh, or really scary or whatever, it's like, ah, 
this is my teacher and this is my opportunity to work on myself and grow. And that's what makes it a kind of a life is always magical because, you know, good things happen too. It's like, yay, celebrate, enjoy it. But then when the quote unquote bad things happen, and I don't think anything ultimately is really bad, then we, you know, I can choose to like, oh, how do I dance with this? How am I going to learn from this? How am I going to grow and connect with others from this? Yes. Yes. And I was just going to say, it's, 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 I found for me, that's one of the things. One of the things that got me into this, as I say, I, I never even had a dream of being a language interpreter. It was just opening to spirits' guidance, and all these little things happened, all these little magic and miracles, and boom! Next thing I know, I'm sitting there in the White House interpreting, and it's like, whoa! And for me, it was a it was a gift, and I knew that I was there to be a divine presence, because as you might imagine, there's there's not an abundance of divine presence in a lot of those meetings and stuff. And I, I was I yeah. was actually thrilled that sometimes people were really appreciative of me. They could feel that I was bringing that there, and yet to me, you know, that is the most. Uh, powerful experiences in my life are nothing to do with all the interpreting. It's more when I connect deeply and in a meaningful way with friends and, uh, you know, many other things that happen. So that's even more important to me than than the interpreting work. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny, it's that same word, interpretation. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> that you were doing for a living and that we're talking about right now. That's right. Yeah, right. Sometimes I, I laugh about that because... Um, there's a part of me that really loves, you know, when you're interpreting, you're kind of in, your ideal is that you're invisible. Somebody talks and you, you just so fluently put out what they said that they don't even notice you're there. And right. yet there's this whole thing about how do we interpret life? How do we interpret everything that happens? And so it, it's funny that, you know, I've been both sort of a professional interpreter with languages, but also I'm an interpreter of energy. And that to me is the, the yeah. deeper and more meaningful work. Yes, really good, really good. So, um, friends, you know, through the various your various websites, um, you go into topics ranging from you know cover ups to deep and pervasive, um, you know, uh, human trafficking, sexual trauma, and also the uplifting stories of humans at their finest. How do you yes. view? Um, the value of going deeply into this shadow work uh, while holding light. Do you, do you feel like it's sort of an alchemy transforming darkness and secrecy by bringing it into Absolutely. Light? Yeah, basically this is my calling. You know, what I know is I have a number of friends who choose to just focus on the light. You know, let's just do power of attraction and just focus on what really works. And, you know, if that feels like that's your path, go for it. But I have found for my own self, it is so powerful when I go inside and say, I want to see and understand the shadow sides, both inside of myself and out in the world. And the more yeah. that I can really look and see those shadows, and as I said, it's often those shadows which are clouding our bright divine essence, then I have something to work with. I have more choice in how I deal with the shadow material when it comes up. So I'm... I am one who I welcome the shadow work, and uh, and as you probably know, because you, uh, you've been following some of my work for quite a while, um, 
the shadow work is both internal and, you know, there's a lot of deep, powerful stuff about finding our own core challenges and how do we transform that, but it's also external. And a lot of people don't want to look at just how much, you know, for instance, for me, child sex trafficking and how that is used to compromise politicians and to affect our whole world in the way things are arranged. It's, it's absolutely key. And I, I don't, Yes. advise that people dive deep into that subject if it's not their calling. But find, you know, I invite people to look. What part of the shadow are you ready to look at? What part of the shadow are you ready to dance with so that you can learn and grow, whether it's the, your internal shadow or external or both? Right. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to avoid, uh, you know, that we that we all have places that of uh, deep karma, you know, pieces mm-hmm. that we bring in from other times where we really have a theme that we're working, which is often mm-hmm. uh, content that we are incomplete about or that we just we just did not tie up in, in another lifetime or where we came mm-hmm. to a conclusion that, that, that created a huge limitation. And then mm-hmm. we bring that chunk in with us and we almost have to re-stimulate those themes in order to get at that work. And a lot yes. of times that's pretty grim stuff. You know, it, it can be yes. our personal, you know, karmic stuff. It can be our family lineage patterns that we commit to yep. to, um, to either end or clean up. And, uh, and then the way, you know, that gets, you know, winds up as collective content too. You know, if we don't mm-hmm. do our shadow work, it's going to come roar- roaring back to us from the from the seeming outside one way or another. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I tell people that if you avoid the shadow and sort of suppress it, it often will, you know, give you, a, bite you in the butt, basically, <laughs> uh, sooner or later, because uh, it, it, it is demanding that you, you look at it. And you can look at it as an enemy and fight and set up a war inside of yourself. Or you can say, no, this is actually a teacher, even though it may feel very disturbing or depressing or whatever it is. Like, no, this is actually an opportunity. You know, as I say, we have the, the capacity to transform anything. And when we really look at this and have a clear intention of wanting spiritual growth, wanting to expand our, our consciousness and our awareness, then we can really uh, find excitement in facing these challenges. Really great. Yeah, and, and, and doesn't this content, you know, whether it, it's our own personal content or whether it's showing up in our lives as some, you know, uh, person who's behaving atrociously, you know, mm-hmm. isn't what's required um, kind of a spacious, neutral uh, holding that allows for that energy to be heard mm-hmm. and to be kind of somehow given the space to come back in from the distorted and back into harmony with with us internally or in the greater whole. It's like fighting it really doesn't work. Yeah, and, and one thing that I would add to that is um, what I find uh, when something happens that's overwhelming and a lot of emotions come up, I find it's helpful first to do what I call venting. 
and I help coach people on this. And venting is basically give those emotions a voice. You know, don't first go straight spiritual bypass to everything is perfect, everything is beautiful. But first, let the emotions have a voice in a way that's, yeah. you know, not destructive, that's constructive. For instance, if you're angry, you know, go outside where nobody's going to hear you and or scream into a pillow or, you know, if you're really sad, be with the sadness for a moment. Really let it have a voice and let it be vented. And then once it's vented, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a balloon that's been released, and then there's spaciousness, and then you can step in, step into, just as you were saying, finding your spiritual center, finding your heart center, and breathing, and then from that space, you can really make some powerful choices, and like, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Yeah. 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 And and I really, I, I'm kind of, I, I feel the same way, Craig, uh, that, that I, I don't know why, but I have this kind of tendency to, to need to go like all the way down deep into some of these really ugly things and to unhook that energy and to work with clients so that they can, um, uh, so that the, the content that is stuck or limiting um, can have that voice, can come to the surface, can be freed energetically, literally through the, the meridian systems of the body, but so that that stuff doesn't just get stuck and become symptomatic or whatever later, you know, repeating patterns, whatever, but that you can get in there and actually unhook those those incidents and allow that energy to get freed up. Um, yes, yeah, basically, you know, you're, you're talking about getting to the core of the issue. So, like, a lot of people kind of want to avoid the shadow when it comes, but it sounds like what you like to do is let's look right at the shadow and let's dive in and let's, you know, get what's really right at the core of this. How is this touching me? How is it touching some wounds from my past that I haven't healed yet? And when you get to the core of it, of course, any changes you make there are going to have a profound impact on the rest of your psyche and being. Yeah. Super important. Um, so, so tell us what what's your perspective on this the COVID debacle? You know, this thing you know that we're in. Do, do you have any empowering kind of overview, or or what what do you see about it? Well, I just want to say at first, I, it really shook me. You know, I've ah. I've never seen something this intense and. Uh, there was a part of me is like, wow, because I'm, I'm very optimistic. My whole life I've been optimistic, even though I look at some really deep and dark stuff. But when I saw everything being closed down and knowing how this was going to cause millions and millions to lose their jobs and poverty is now increasing for the first time, it was, it was a lot. And I really had to kind of, as I said, give myself that, those moments of like, this is scary, this is hard, and, and really acknowledge that. But then eventually, you know, now it's, I've, I've gotten back to a place where it's like, okay, this is a challenge that we've been given. Humanity has been given this huge challenge, and there's a way it's bringing us together in, in facing this challenge, but there's also a way that it's creating intense polarization. And so right now, my own personal calling is I do my best to really help people see how People so strongly tend to be either pro-Trump or anti-Trump or pro-mask or anti-mask. And, you know, what if it's not about that? 
What if it's about getting deeper and honoring, you know, those who don't want to wear a mask, we can stay away from them. It's not a problem. And those who choose to wear masks, right. Um, and, you know, as far as Trump goes, yes, you know, I don't support Trump's policies. But as I said, I believe every one of us is a divine soul in our core. And, you know, what I tell people, if you look at this from a, a sort of a greater perspective, think about it when souls have to come in to incarnate and they say, we need somebody to play the bad guy. We need somebody to play somebody like Trump or Hitler. Think about what courage it takes for a soul to say, okay, I'm going to come in and play the bad guy. Because we know we all come from that same divine source. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying, this is my opinion. I'm not trying to convince anybody of this, but this is how I look at the world. And so I look at Trump and I say, yes, I'm going to do all I can to stop the disempowering behaviors I'm seeing. But I'm also going to communicate with his core and say, I see you. I see your, your divinity inside of there. A cool friend of mine has Trump on his altar because he has a very hard time with Trump. And by having him on his own personal altar, it reminds him he has to find a way to not be in a negative, you know, shooting out negative energy at Trump. So, you know, I think we can, again, take this as a learning opportunity and look, where are we being polarized? Where are we feeding the polarization? And how can we come back to, like, we're all in this together? Yeah, it's it's really a challenge, and uh, everybody's got their their unique content that's getting flushed up. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, oh yeah. And uh, you know, trust issues and all sorts of stuff, and and uh, you know, it certainly initially, um, you know, really being in a, finding myself with very dear friends being in like really different perspectives about the whole thing and yeah. um and consequently triggering each other you know um mm-hmm. into a sense of you know uh you know kind of you know i was being called a conspiracy theorist or actually conspiracy yes, spiritualist you know like a diagnosis yeah. almost and you know and and it was like and at the same time i was like just trying to hold um what I was noticing is a pattern, which is that, you know, the swine flu and the Zika virus and the, and um, all these different, um, uh, you know, the avian flu, this, this whole thing has been, there's been attempts to roll it out for a while. And it just, to me, it was like, wow, this really looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I can't, yeah, I, I can't deny that that's the way it looks to me. So I just do my best to keep my eyes open and gut check everything and stay in my own inner authority, really with eyes open. Um, Mm -hmm. I really feel like that's a big lesson uh, in all this is how do we stay in our own inner authority? How do we reclaim our inner authority and really Mm -hmm. let go of a lot of the conditioning we've received to place our authority outside ourselves. Yeah. And I really feel yeah, like this, it's this a big impetus I'm, to do that work. Yeah, this is what I'm seeing a lot is that people are afraid. You know, they're afraid of the virus, afraid of their parents or whoever getting the virus. And they have so much fear that they're giving up their own inner authority and listening to what, quote-unquote, the experts say. 
And it's so funny because, you know, most of us, um, at least you and me and our audience, are brought up to question authority. And yet I, I'm just saddened and, and kind of shocked that how many of my friends are not questioning authority and not questioning what's really going on here. Like you, I followed the previous viruses, and I could just see how every time a virus came around, you know, coronavirus, SARS, um, swine flu, avian flu, it was manipulated to get people into fear and so that they would give up control. And so when all of this started happening, yes, this virus is definitely significantly more intense and more deadly than any virus we've seen in a long time. And yet the amount of control that is being taken and the amount of damage long term that is being done to our children, you know, it's to me, you know, especially if you're a single child right now and you're not allowed to go play with any children, it's uh, how, what does this do to the psyche? And the children are told, oh, stay away from each other, be afraid, be cautious, wear a mask. And it's particularly because the children aren't even dying. I mean, the numbers of, of children dying is so small. So um, I have also been accused of being a conspiracy theorist because simply because I question the official story, and I have been questioning it all along. And yet I feel a yeah. calling to speak my truth, but also I have to be careful. Like you, I'm, on Facebook I started finding myself feeding the polarization where I, you know, I was trying to convince somebody that they were wrong. And it's like, whoa, 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 yeah. I had to catch myself. That's not what I want to do. And so I really had to back yeah. off and say, wait a minute, I want to talk to you from a place that we're, we're connected. And I don't want to try to convince you. I want to hear you and see if you're interested. I'd love for you to hear me too. And so I've, I've really shifted. And I, so I still slip sometimes, but I'm doing my very best. Is this going to increase polarization or decrease it? And that's one of kind of my guiding principles when I'm talking about the virus. Really good. Yeah, because I really feel that that is one of the, the key pieces is if we're going to solve some of these entrenched polarities and and uh, divisions, we really have to find um, where it, we have to move beyond polarity. We have to get off of our righteousness, whatever mm-hmm. we're defending or, you know, alleging. And, and find that place where uh, we really want to build the world we want. Uh, yeah. It's got to be uh, some commonality and, and heart-centered debate. Um, but it's not easy. I don't find it easy. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's also, you know, it really is some of those, those things we've learned, you know, from other decades. You know, questioning authority, not just buying everything. And also, you know, follow the money. I mean, there are just like yes, precepts that are always, <laughs> always um, applicable. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, not necessarily to call everybody out or to, or to even get, you know, you can get entrenched in the fear about, oh, this virus and all of the, you know, the media about, you know, the numbers and, the you know, all that. You can get into a big fear um, jag with that. But but mm-hmm. equally, you know, looking at it from, you know, there's somebody who's really, you know, there are people who are really trying to run an agenda and, and under, undermining our civil liberties and, um, you know, you know what, what that whole um, plan could be. You know, but you can get just as fear-based about that. It's really, mm-hmm. it, it takes such, um, such 
awareness to just be able to look things, look at things clearly and, um, and not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to realize also that, you know, the mass media, which has such a power influence over most people, um, they make money by getting us afraid. And this is something people forget to look at. It's like the more sensational the news is or the more scary the news is, the more people want to focus on it. And I think some people are starting to notice how they've gotten saturated with all of the fear. Basically, anywhere that the coronavirus is doing worse, that's where the media is going to focus. And so you're always seeing whatever is worst going on. And therefore, you develop a very skewed perception of the reality. And as I say, it's definitely it's serious. But one of the things I like to ask people is like, do you know anybody who's died of, of coronavirus? Do you know anybody who's gotten it? You know, and I, I don't know anybody personally who's died. I have a, a couple friends that have gotten it. And uh, well, two, two friends actually ended up hospitalized. And so it's definitely serious. And that said, I have literally hundreds and hundreds of friends. And so out of all those people, you know, about two people have been hospitalized. It's like, okay, it's serious. And let's not get the fear overblown. And let's remember that, you know, the media is giving us a very skewed view of this. Yeah, and, you know, my, my view on the on media is that that's kind of the nature of what is the news. The news mm-hmm. is always covering the anomalies. You know, that's the nature of the news, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a business model. Like, the news is supposed to cover what stands out. But I think we've kind of um, come to, you know, we're, we're so used to watching the news and having the narrative be driven by the news that we forget that they're reporting on the anomalies. They're not reporting on, like, the steady state of, of human civilization, if we just kind of can go, okay, that's what they, you know, they report on, you know, what's crazy. They aren't reporting on, you know, just a humdrum about ways that people just live their lives in a balanced way. I mean, it's, it's the nature of the beast. Right. Um, yeah. And some of this is it's just human nature. It's like when you're driving down the freeway in an accident, you know, almost everybody's like, I got to look and see what's happening. It's like we are attracted naturally as human beings to like, oh my God, what's going on? And and yet what's what it's gonna take for us to really shift is to also be just as excited about all the positive and amazing things going on in this world. And that's why I appreciate that you mentioned that a part of my work, it's not just shining a light into the dark shadows, it's also celebrating and shining a light into the amazing things going on. Um, Just yesterday, I saw this great video about a new prison project that is turning these prisoners' lives around and helping them to see how shame has run their lives and heal that shame. And it's true rehabilitation. And I'm sure you know near-death experiences are just so inspiring, and I, I love to invite people to look at some of those and see how it helps to put things in a bigger perspective. But I think it's vitally important that, yes, we want to shine a light into the shadows, but to balance that with transformation, celebration, and some of the amazing things going on in our life and in our world. Really agree. Really agree. Well, great. Um, Fred, do you want to take any questions? Uh, sure, if you, if you have somebody has some questions, I'm happy to answer. I mean, I, I'm not sure if anybody does, but I'll at least give out the number. And if anybody would like to chime in to the conversation, 
um, uh, share anything or um, ask any questions, let me give you the number. Um, listeners, the number is 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. And um, please just give us your first name and where you're calling from if you do have a question or would like to share something. Um, so, Fred, do you have any, um, like, nuts and bolts practices um, that we can develop or deepen into to, to stay in balance and in our inner authority as, mm-hmm. you know, this world kind of dismantles itself and, and we're rebuilding something new? Yeah, well, um, actually, uh, what the, one of the things I have, so uh, Peers is the nonprofit organization that oversees all of our websites, um, but there's a number of websites, and the one I would, for some practices, invite you to take a look at weboflove.org. So that's weboflove.org. And there's a great breathing practice there right on the on the front page. And when we really come back and center and focus on breathing love, on the, on the in-breath, um, the, the exercise there is your sacred love flows into me. And you can imagine a loved one that you really like and just feel the love flowing into, into your sacred love flows into me and breathing in. And then on the out-breath, my sacred love flows out to you. And just feeling and imagining that love going out. And so you get a cycle of breathing sacred love. You can do it first with somebody that you really feel in love with, but then you can also do it with um, anybody, with your family members. You can breathe love with the entire world. And what the web of love is all about is when we all start breathing sacred love with each other, we create a web of love that raises the whole frequency of the planet in a way that can be very powerful and empowering. Really good. Really good. Yeah, I noticed with the with the whole COVID thing that there are there are all it's I, I really you know, I always kind of had this sense of like there is a huge divine orchestration in this. And and I just keep noticing how there are un- unintended consequences that kind of squirt out in a not particularly great way, but also mm-hmm. unintended consequences that are squirting out in a really beautiful way. Yes. It's, it's you know, it, we're, we're like all in this place of, um, do we trust the mystery? Right. And, and can we align with um, something that we... we we can't tangibly know through our minds. Can we can we trust a greater um, a greater perspective on that there that there really is something true and beautiful that is happening here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that it's causing us to have everyone to look at is what's really essential. You know, what workers are essential. Yeah. And there's so many things that you know, are really not that important. And this is getting us to focus back, like, oh, you know, like for me, uh, community is essential, and I'm really missing community. That's that's one of the, the sad parts. But also, you know, my, my relationships and, and spending time with those that I'm closest to. And when I focus on that, you know, that's what gives life such richness. So it's, it's, it's really... A, an opportunity for all of us to look at what's essential and to really reevaluate our priorities in life. 
And learn how to self-soothe, you know, learn where we, where our triggers and fears are. Um, because, you know, this is stimulated at all to come to the surface. And that's mm-hmm. when we can do something with it. We can notice, yeah. you know, where our defenses are and, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and what, what does scare us and, um, and is it real and, and um, how do I self-soothe and um, really allow myself to connect with trusted others and be seen? Mm-hmm. It just seems healing, really healing. Yeah, what you're um, mentioning is what, what I call, I'm sure you would agree, is it's, it's shadow work. Where you know we we look at the parts. What? How are we being triggered? How how are we falling into fear? And these are important things to really examine. And how are we just you know believing something without questioning? All of these can lead to beautiful introspection. And it's the type of thing where you know I can talk with my friend to say you know here's what I'm experiencing and what's going on and what are you experiencing and learn from each other and share and help each other to shine, I, I, my favorite uh, sort of thing is to shine a loving light into the shadows so that we can grow and learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there any, uh, well, actually, I, I'd like to play a little little game if we could, and, and I'll, be, I'll get announcements from, um, from the, the technical people telling me if there's someone on the line who'd like to share. So that's still available to people. Um, but Fred, I'd like to just play like a little, a little imaginative, co-creative game here, and um, I call it um, "Living Future Now." And um, and we can all do this together. Um, but uh, if just dropping into kind of an imaginative, imaginative space here together, and coming from a future where the world works for everyone and humans are in, in harmony with the thriving earth. You know, be that 10 years from, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Thirty years from now. Coming from that future where the world does work for everyone and is in harmony with the thriving earth and coming back from that fully formed reality to today. How did we get there and what did it take? Beautiful, beautiful questions. And, you know, it's, it's funny. What, what flashed into my mind is um, after we die, and every one of us will sometime likely within the next, you know, 50 to 100 years at the latest, is going to die. And when you die, you suddenly realize, I, my own understanding, that, oh, wow, this was all just a school. It was kind of a game for us to learn to grow. And in that place, we see the divinity of all beings, and we feel our interconnectedness. So it's funny, because I have no idea what the Earth is going to be like 
10 years from now, 20 years, 50, 100, no idea. Um, and yes, it would be wonderful if it's you know full of love and connection. But also, I really value that the earth is a school. If it was all heavenly, then we wouldn't learn and grow. And I think that's why mm-hmm. I hear souls or you know love to come to earth, even though it's challenging, because they know this is kind of the... When you're in those heavenly realms, when you've died, you're not challenged in the same way as you are here. And here's where you really get the kick in the butt. It's like, okay, if you really want to learn and grow, here you go. So it's <laughs> it's kind of funny where, where I went with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I feel like it's, the thing that's been missing is um, operating instructions. That, that uh, you know, right. part of the reasons why things there's there's such an inverted way that things have operated for such a long time is because we've been socially conditioned into you know all these disempowering things and giving our authority away and being fear based and needing to make it according to somebody else's perspective and you know work you know work for a living and and all these kind of, you know, just ways that things have been inverted, um, and we never got the operating instructions about like how does th- how do things really work? Like, what about you know what you put out is what you get back? Like that seems pretty fundamental. That'd be a good thing to know. You know, what about mm-hmm. you know um, the way that we project our shadows and then they come roaring back at us. Like what about how to, you know, embrace that and like own stuff and clear our, you know, get clear in our emotional bodies. You know, it's like we didn't get the operating manual. We actually got trained into doing something that, that facilitates a facsimile world uh, that is a, a, a machine you know, kind of model that isn't really even true to, you know, earth, cosmos, nature, you know, the way, you know, things actually exist. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, (laughs) I guess that's what we learn, you know, is, is how to, to, to come into, um, a place where you don't get any you don't get any instructions about how things are actually working, and then you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my own suspicion is that you know, as souls, uh, again, before we incarnate, we have access to uh, all sorts of knowledge and wisdom, and yet, purposely, when we incarnate, we forget all of that stuff. And as you said, the operating instructions are taken away. And we dive into this world filled with emotions, and we find that our emotions can get the better of us. And even though oftentimes in our core we know the right thing to do, but then emotions can be so strong that we just ignore it. And then we learn the lessons from that. And other times we listen, um, and this is what's been the blessing in my life. I've learned pretty early to really listen to the, the subtle whisperings of spirit, is what I call it. And if, the, if I listen to those subtle whisperings, almost always magic unfolds. And, and yet the, the emotions come up. But as I said, I've gotten pretty good at when I feel it, get the emotions, feel it, vent it, and, I, and then listen for that deeper voice. And it's often a small voice. So it's also a very small, wise voice. And uh, 
to me, that's where the operating instructions are, is listening to that small voice inside. Yeah. Yeah. That inner authority is right there. Right there. Well, I think we're going to have to probably wrap up here momentarily. Um, just wanted to um, share with people how they can uh, be in touch with your work, uh, Fred. Um, mm-hmm. To find out more about Fred's work, you can visit his website, which is peers, P-E-R-S, service, all one word, P-E-E-R-S-E-R-V-I-C-E.org. And from that website, you can access all the other websites, um, really mm-hmm. from you know current events to um, deep shadow work to... Um, personal growth and um, all sorts of inspiring content as well. Yes, and we have several um, online courses that are free that people can take and that give, uh, in a way, give some of the operating instructions and help us get back focused on what is, what are we here for and what are the challenges that we're looking at. And there's all sorts of tools to uh, help people to look at that and manage uh, to surf these challenging waves that can come up. Really good. Is that um, are those courses done uh, like uh, together in community, or is it, um, or at least you know Zoom or whatever, or is it do- no. self study? No, these are self study. Um, do it at your own pace. Um, let's see. There's there's actually four online courses, and two of them are have eleven lessons, and two of them have twenty one lessons. And the lessons generally take around an hour, sometimes a little over an hour to do. And it's got videos, and it's got great inspiring quotes, um, lots of cool essays, and then lots of exercises and lots of sort of right. tips. And as I love your term, the operating instructions that you can take with you. <laughs> right. Okay, very good. And also you can su- subscribe to Fred's um uh, just once a once a week email where he gives like concise summaries and all sorts of interesting articles and stuff. Uh, you can um, subscribe to that. And also, um, Fred's uh, peer site is a tax deductible um, organization, so you can donate to his really great work. I've I've set it up so that I automatically make a monthly donation, which is super simple to do. Thank and you, Sarah. I, I really appreciate value, that. I really value what you do and your heart-centeredness while you're while you're um, really um, doing well-documented. I mean, this is really well-sourced information. It isn't it isn't just opinion or conjecture. It's really mm-hmm. based in solid research and and sourcing. So I really value what you do, Fred, and I just love um, the the heart with which you do it. Thank you, Sarah. Really appreciate it and appreciate you doing this uh, podcast and helping to empower people. Yeah. Yeah, we all need each other. We all need each other. So um, just for everyone to know, our next broadcast here will be um, on Friday, August 28th, and it's always at 3 p.m. It's every other week. Hope you'll join us. And until then, please keep being with creative curiosity and innocence 
the ever-present, embodied, heart and soul-based, earth-alive, dreamer and world-builder as a pioneer of the new earth. Thanks again, Fred. Love and blessings. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks to all our listeners. Yes, thanks to all of you. 